Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. Today, pregnancy and yoga and pregnancy and exercise. Yeah. Pregnant mamas need a whole lot mm-hmm. of that self-love and self-care. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I actually just had the really fun opportunity of teaching yoga teacher training to someone who was pregnant. So for the whole of our yoga teacher training, it was literally, I think the second or the third week that we met and she's like, um, so I just found out I'm pregnant. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had a prego in my last teacher training also and she gave birth during the teacher training so it was really neat so everyone got real attached to the baby before the baby was born so it was kind of it was a neat experience so so I think it's neat to have a pregnant instructor well and you know but a lot of times as far as pregnant people I've had several pregnant women that have come into the studio. You know, it's always a little scary if you, if they go to someone that hasn't worked with pregnant women, because you do have to do things a little different. But, and a lot of times when someone's pregnant, they think, ah, I think I'm just going to lay on the couch and sit back in relax and eat whatever I don't normally let myself eat. But when they get out, when they go and exercise, it helps them to have more energy because you tend to get more tired than usual when you're pregnant. You know that you've done it three times. I've only done it twice, but you know, it, and it also kind of, I mean, you're totally out of control with your body when you're pregnant because that baby is doing whatever it wants to do to your body. But, you know, exercising, you know, gives you a little bit of control over your body also. Yeah, there's um, just in general, like when you think about it from the standpoint of just purely from a yoga standpoint and what yoga and its flexibility, plus its peace and its calm, its pranayama, its breathing, it's doing all of the like natural cleansing that we would want to do for the body, but it's also keeping the body supple, prepared Mm -hmm. and ready for labor and delivery. And, you know, also keeping you healthy so that even post labor and delivery, it gets you through maybe bouts with postpartum depression quicker. It maybe Mm -hmm. also helps you avoid it altogether. And maybe it helps you bounce back into your pre-prego body Mm -hmm. because you're already on this general flow of health and wellness. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, you know, unless someone's experiencing complications, it doesn't really, as long as they know someone that knows what they're doing, it's, you know, it's only going to benefit them. And sitting around doesn't help with the challenges that you go through when you're pregnant. And pregnancy is a good time to get out active. I mean, you don't want to go start a pole dancing class when you're pregnant, but there are a lot of activities that you can do when you're pregnant that can just help you feel more empowered and more in control. Yeah. So here's my biggest, biggest, biggest that I hate, okay, is Mm -hmm. we, because we're a hot yoga studio, Mm -hmm. hear a lot from quote unquote new pregnant people. My doctor says I can't do hot yoga. It's kind of annoying. (laughs) If a person is a marathon runner and they want to run 
while they're pregnant, all the power to them. Their body has been doing this for a very long time and their pregnant body will be able to manage it just as well. Unless, like you say, they have complications that say Mm -hmm. otherwise. If this person has had a healthy hot yoga practice, there's no reason they need to stop Mm -hmm. unless A, they don't feel well or B, they're having complications. If they're Mm -hmm. having a regular, normal, healthy pregnancy, there's no reason why they can't continue their practice. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times I think doctors may not quite understand um, some because there's so many different styles of yoga there's so many different styles of all activities so a lot of times I think the doctors may not quite understand so just to make a blanket statement that's exactly just to you know keep from because you don't they don't want someone coming back going well you said I could yeah. So, but you know, one of those things is maybe um, you need to educate your doctor. Let them know this. I've been doing this for eight years. Every, you know, four times a week. I'm my body's used to it. This is how we do it. We don't contort ourselves into weird things, and we don't do this, and we don't do that. Well, or today Most- we have a variety of classes, and there's mm-hmm. slow flow classes, there's beginners classes. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't have to do the you know 75 minute fusion at 5 a.m. where they shag your ass. Like, yeah, but then choose a better class that maybe suits your new pregnant body or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever works. Yeah, exactly. Well, and during pregnancy, there's so many benefits of doing any kind of fitness. I mean, any kind of exercise, but it helps. I mean, you're going to have backache problems when you're pregnant, just because all of a sudden you go from your size to, you know, 20 to 40 pounds out in front of you. So you're a lot of people have backaches, constipation and bloating and swelling. Those are all complications of pregnancy and exercising will help with that. And one that I think is incredible is it boosts your mood, even when you're not pregnant. But when you're pregnant, you know, my daughter just had a baby six months ago and she had some big old mood swings when the doctors told her, you know, you can't do a lot of things. So, you know, she she could have definitely used a little mood boost and it would have helped with her energy levels too. When you're pregnant, you have this, again, bigger girth around your body. So you're not able to sleep as well and you have to find a different way, different positions to sleep and exercise helps everyone sleep better. So that's another reason to try to talk to your doctors and explain to them what you're doing about it. And a lot of doctors are not as anal. They don't seem to be now to uh, keeping you to a certain weight, but no one wants to gain tons of extra weight and then try to get back to their pre-pregnancy weight. So if you exercise as you're going along, that can help you be more mindful of what you're eating, but just exercising in general is going to maybe help you um, prevent excess weight gain. And you're going to keep that tone and strength in your muscles. One thing that's kind of cool about pregnancy yoga, and I always talk to my pregnant participants about this, is and especially as you get further along, your body releases relaxin to help, you know, your hips spread when it's time to give birth to the baby. So it's a time, as long as you're very mindful about how you do it, it's a time that you can work on your flexibility. You don't want to be over flexible or you can really hurt yourself. So you have to be very mindful about how you work on that. So there's just a lot of benefits by doing, doing some kind of exercise. I mean, even lowering your risk of gestational diabetes, shortening your labor, maybe even 
even decreasing your risk of having a C-section. I had yeah. an instructor in Texas when I taught there and she taught up until taught yoga up until a few days before she had the baby. And then she took one of her big, one of the big exercise balls with her to labor and delivery. She was up and out in no time. And they had expected her to have to do it, have a C-section again. And because of, you know, doing her regular practice, it did help. Yeah, 100%. And I mean, just mm -hmm. in general, when you look at it from a standpoint of, you know, basic circulation, basic, you know, mm -hmm. respiration and pranayama, like you just think about the expansiveness of a good quality breath, especially when you've got this huge obstruction in your belly, right? Absolutely. And that in that compression against the lungs, but then you also consider it from the standpoint of improved immuno strength and circulatory strength, like you're helping your blood system, which we know know that during pregnancy, it's like double the blood flow, which is, you know, really hard for most people. It's like, you know, being overdriven overdri on overdrive for nine months and your body needs a way to recuperate. And yoga mm -hmm. is a great way to keep that circulatory system, you know, working well and keep mm -hmm. the lymphatic system working well. So it's going to keep you healthier while you're pregnant mm -hmm. in terms of just general colds and things that are coming your way. So mm -hmm. keeping your immune system charged. Are there any breaths in particular, since you mentioned pranayama, are there any breaths in particular that you would recommend for pregnant women? 100%. And there's actually some that need to be avoided, specifically mm -hmm. avoided. Pranayama for pregnant mamas, super great if you're doing like a visama vritti with a double exhale. If you're doing like a square breath or doing alternate nostril breathing, these are all very calming breaths. They're very easy. They're very good for mom while carrying baby. But breaths that shouldn't be done while pregnant are breaths like kumbhaka shouldn't hold the breath at all mm -hmm. during pregnancy, especially in the early trimesters. It's just not great for baby. And the other would be either a breath of fire or kapalabhati. You don't want to be doing that real big um, abdominal flexing while pregnant. Mm -hmm. So those breaths should be avoided. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, and it's funny, some of the breath work we do in yoga is similar to Lama's breathing and just having that control. So breath work is a way to help you with the intensity of, you know, labor. Labor and delivery, especially if mm -hmm. you're coming at it from a standpoint of you're trying to work through your pregnancy and labor and delivery, you know, from a place of, you know, a homeopathic medicine and really trying to maybe do your labor and delivery without meds or, you know, trying mm -hmm. to manage your pain without meds. And so having those breathing tools in your basket is also mm -hmm. going to help with the whole process. Yeah. You know, I had a girl that came to the yoga studio a lot before she got pregnant. Then when she first found out she was pregnant, she came just real sporadically, maybe once a week. In her last trimester, she started coming all the time. And we have a headstand assist tool. And she went and started dragging that out. And I was, I mean, and she was very, a very petite person, but very, very pregnant. <laughs> and I saw her dragging that out. And I kind of, I went running over there and I'm like, hey, so, you know, I'm not real sure. And she goes, my midwife told me to get my butt back to yoga 
yoga and stay upside down as long as I could stand it. <laughs> and I was like, okay, did you bring a note? She goes, yes, I brought you a note. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love awesome. that. Yeah, yes. It's pretty funny. That's so. great. We talked about that during our um, 200 hour because that was one of the things that, you know, our pregnant mom wanted information about, like, mm-hmm. especially if you were going to turn around and do like a mommy and me class or a prenatal class was really like, what are the do's and don'ts during mm-hmm. the trimesters? So maybe we should run down that little list for a second. But if mm-hmm. you're thinking about it from a standpoint of first trimester, um, specifically, like I said, no kumbaka, no breath retention, no holding the breath, no breath of fire or kapalabhati. We don't want that, you know, that quick motion of the abdominal muscles. We don't want inversions in the first trimester. So they should be avoided mm-hmm. um, during the first trimester. That's partly because your hormone levels are shifting. It can make you nauseous. It can give you vertigo. It can Mm -hmm. do all kinds of things to your balance before that hormones shift gets re-equalized in your body, which doesn't really happen until after that 12 to 14 week mark. Mm -hmm. So into the second trimester, you can go ahead and add those inversions back in. Really in the second trimester, there's no rules, except for maybe the breathing that we talked about. But if you feel comfortable doing it and your body doesn't get mad at you, for doing it have at it do whatever you want play around get crazy flip yourself upside down right all of that is all no holds bar second trimester mm-hmm. now when it comes to third trimester it really is just about again your comfort level and how you feel on the mat a lot of things aren't going to be super fun when you're super pregnant, like belly down poses. Maybe you need to adjust a little bit because laying on your stomach, it's like laying on a basketball, right? Mm-hmm. So some of that doesn't work only because of your body, mm-hmm. not because you're not able to. But then again, like you said, flipping upside down, like we had a blast doing our inversion class with our pregnant mom and, <laughs> you know, helping spotter yeah. to flip upside down and her thing thinking it was just fantastic. Like I'm upside down and I have a baby in my stomach, mm-hmm. you know, like, so did you take a- any pictures of her upside uh, down? We did not because we were yeah. spotting and, you know, yeah. busy. But, yeah. That would yeah. have been really neat. Yeah. Well, one thing I, some people that uh, most people, most doctors encourage you when you're pregnant, don't start something you haven't been doing. But I have had people come in that said, my doctor said I need to do yoga, that that's something I can do. And they always, you know, I, I don't know why, I guess I've just drilled it into everyone in the community. People always bring me doctor's notes saying that they can do something. But for a lot of the people that have never done yoga before, it's a little intimidating to come in and into an activity that you don't know how to do. You may not have all the right props. You may not even feel like, okay, first off, I don't know how to do this. And now I'm four months pregnant and, you know, I'm showing. And so I don't look like everyone else, but it's easy to walk people through what to expect in a prenatal class. And, you know, we don't have any specific classes for prenatal because we don't, in our community, we don't have enough pregnant women that would come, but um, we always modify for them when we do have them. But, you know, we, uh, we always have a focus on breathing and, you know, Tanya talked a lot about the things that the do's and don'ts with breathing, but there is definitely a focus on breathing in any class, but especially will be helpful for prenatal. Gentle stretching, we don't really ever encourage people to come to the 
power yoga classes, the yoga sculpt classes like that, those kind of classes. So gen generally you're going to do gentle stretching that's going to help the different parts of your body as your range of motion changes and as your body changes. Also, you're going to be doing postures either in a flow or standing. So different poses as you're doing that, then you're going to cool down and relax, you know, but we do, there's so many props. And I do think when someone's pregnant, they really just need to get all the props they can get because as you get more pregnant, you're going to need blocks even when maybe you didn't use blocks before. You're going to need a bolster when maybe you didn't use a bolster before and blankets and everything you can use. And it'll just make the experience that much better for the pregnant exerciser. Yeah, especially the new exerciser. Mm. And, you know, like you said, you know, find the class that fits you. You know, there's always options for beginners classes. There's always options for slow flow kind of classes where you can really get acclimated. We, like you at our studio, we don't have specific prenatal classes, mm. but we do have a spot on our website for the pregnant moms, what to expect, what they can maybe do to help their practice along. So if we have pregnant, you know, women contact us and say, do you have classes we will tell them that no, but all of our instructors are versed as to how to help you modify. But you can always check out this page part on our webpage that tells you all about it mm -hmm. kind of thing, just to help them familiarize themselves, but also so that they don't come in feeling completely scared. And right. so that they can come with a basic of, okay, I kind of know what to expect. And I know mm -hmm. that the teacher is going to watch out for me. Mm -hmm. Well, and then coming into a class like that, we don't have a hot... I mean, I don't have a hot studio, so I don't ever have to deal with the issues of, you know, heat and addressing any of people that have concerns about that. But, you know, I do always ask people that are pregnant to talk to their healthcare provider first, just, I mean, because they need to know everything that you're doing, make sure that they give you the go ahead, but also to set realistic goals, because you may be yogi extraordinaire or runner extraordinaire or whatever pre-pregnancy, but that's not going to necessarily hold true. Now, that said, I have had plenty of students that were like, oh my gosh, I couldn't do this pose while I was before I got pregnant. So, but you need to set real realistic goals of what you want to achieve in whatever activity you do and pace yourself. Because even though it sounds funny to think about pacing yourself in a yoga class, if you can't speak normally when you're doing yoga, you're probably pushing yourself too hard. And just because, you know, Tanya's right beside you doing 50 chaturangas, you know, it doesn't mean that your body's ready to do that that day. And then try to keep yourself hydrated when you're pregnant. I mean, even if you're not exercising, you need to make sure you stay hydrated. And then there are certain postures you're just going to have to avoid because your body won't allow you to. But you really don't want to do a lot of deep twisting poses and poses that put pressure on your belly. And so, you know, just being aware of all of that, but then just trying not to overdo, but then that you've got that fine edge because, you know, I've got, you know, a lot of times, you know, if I tell someone now don't overdo it, depends on the person. For me and you, if you say don't overdo it, we'll push it to the very edge. Some people, if you tell them like my daughter, love her to death, but if I tell her not to overdo it, she will go, oh, okay. And she'll stay in child's pose the whole time, you know, so you, 
so you kind of work your edge a little bit, but you don't want to overdo it and pay attention to your body and how you feel and start slow, avoid positions. You know, balance is hard when you're pregnant because all of a sudden your center of gravity has changed, especially as you progress throughout the pregnancy. Yeah. And it's good that you brought up balance because that is one of the things that is like noted in most prenatal yoga books is paying attention to your balance. So when it comes to balance, don't be shy, put your hand on the wall, you can still join us in the balance pose, but you know, do it from a standpoint that you're not going to risk falling and injuring yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no sense in it. Like your balance pose can be just as beautiful with a hand on the wall, and maybe more beautiful because you're not so concerned about your balance, you're actually mm-hmm. going to be able to get into the pose and you know, eliminate the balance piece. Mm-hmm. But I do think that it's good to recognize what your edge is and really being focused on how you're feeling and how the class affects you. And that doesn't just mean in the 30 minutes after class, but maybe it means the next day too. Mm-hmm. Like, are you, you know, ridiculously sore? And if you are, give yourself adequate break and recovery, you know, kind of thing. But the key is, like you said, it's good rest. And the, you know, the circle of the yoga life is, is that more yoga, better rest better rest, Mm -hmm. better yoga. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just this lovely circle, but so also then is really recognizing your water intake, like you said, your hydration and really paying attention to when you're in poses specifically like, oh, hey, this pose isn't for me, but the next pose that made me feel amazing. So really also becoming aware of your practice. You know, another thing that we haven't touched on yet is meditation for the pregnant woman. You know, this is, and I haven't really thought about it until just now we were thinking about it. And I was thinking about, you know, different meditations because I like to write them. But you really could spend a whole lot of time really getting to know your baby because we never are quiet. We never sit still unless you have an intentional yoga meditation practice. It's hard for this world to be quiet and still. But think about setting in a nice meditation and setting a timer for yourself and really just meditate meditating and holding your hands on your belly, almost like in a lotus mudra on your belly. And I guess it would be a reverse lotus mudra on your belly, but holding that and getting to know the baby and the feel of your body with a baby. You know, that could be something that would maybe be a special bonding time for you. I love that. How, why not get real, real cozy with maybe do some visualization. Get to know your baby before you know your baby. (laughs) I like it. So I have three books to share. One of them is Yoga for Pregnancy, Birth and Beyond Mm -hmm. by Francois Barbara Friedman. Mm-hmm. The second book that I have is Pregnancy Health Yoga. And you can see I've got lots of tabs on this book. Uh-huh. This is by Dr. Gauri Motha. This is a really great book. I flagged lots of things within here, like really working on mm-hmm. like specific things. Plus her pictures are just beautiful. So That is fabulous. And then the last book I have, because you know I love me some Iyengar, is a big uh-huh. old Iyengar for mother book, actually by a collaboration of his students, but the foreword was by Iyengar, and it is 
considered Iyengar yoga. So there is not just pregnancy yoga in here, but there's also the proper usage of, you know, props and the like. So it's really cool because it comes at it from a standpoint of yoga and from Mm -hmm. the standpoint of restorative yoga. So, I mean, look at this thing is monster, right? And look at these these mamas I got upside down. (laughs) So yeah, so there's a lot in here. This book is fantastic. Plus it's got sequences. So even if you don't feel comfortable going to a studio, this book has great, great sequences that you could do at home. So it's Mm -hmm. really lovely. Very neat. I may have to add those to my list as usual. Yeah, right. Some essential oils that might be good for you to use when you're pregnant are cardamom. It helps with morning sickness and nausea. Uh, Frankincense. And we know I love frankincense. It's probably my favorite. It It stimulates calm and relaxation. It helps with a good night's sleep. Geranium promotes a positive mood. And German or Roman chamomile stimulates calm, relaxation, and a good night's sleep. Some other ones that are also beneficial are ginger lavender lemon and neroli nice i love neroli i used it all this last weekend oh did you Mm -hmm. i don't have neroli and i have not used it before Uh, i I, love it i know and what about crystals 10 powerful crystals for safe pregnancy and you can use these all different ways but carnelian is great it helps boost your stamina quartz. third chakra mm-hmm. exactly i didn't even think about that but rose quartz is wonderful for bonding with the baby moonstone is for fine tuning and it's a fertility stone amethyst for rest and spiritual connection Fluorite for absorbing nutrients. Angelite is for comfort and higher guidance. It's blue. Mo- is it blue? Yes. It's beautiful. I just learned about angelite. <laughs> you know, I saw it on one of my favorite little jewelry stores and I had not seen that before. Bloodstone, I think everyone would probably run out and get because bloodstone is for a healthy birth and malachite is for the midwife stone. I love that. Mm-hmm. Super cool. So look at that. We've got oils. We've got rocks. We've got yoga. We've got books. Mm-hmm. Get yourself feeling comfortable on the mat. Help yourself during your pregnancy. Help yourself during your labor and delivery. And help yourself with postnatal care. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Perfect. I'm Kat Kahn. And I am Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas. On a pod, signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at Two Pittas on a Pod.